0: Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM. And after all that news and interesting stuff, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on at SARS and their tech in a, a little bit. But lots and lots happening this week. This, the end of the year is always crazy from a tech point of view. Everybody's launching new products. Everyone's trying to cash in on the holiday shopping that's coming. Black Friday is coming shortly. So it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks towards the end of the year and Good tech, lots of tech news, lots of stuff happening, and in fact, this week, I had the fortune to attend the Singularity U conference, and essentially, the conference was all about future-proofing Africa using technology, and I mean, there's no question that we live in a world where technology is just part and parcel of absolutely everything that we do. It's almost, and in fact, I would go as far as to say, it's not even almost, it's basically and practically impossible to operate uh, any form of, of life in this modern world without interacting with technology at some level, whether it's yourself or whether you even go into SARS, for example. That's another thing, talking of SARS, remember the end of this month, 31st of October, All your tax filing has to be in, otherwise there are going to be all sorts of penalties. And considering the state of our current fiscus, uh, they are probably going to levy those penalties extensively because it's a great way to make extra taxes and balance their little budget. So be aware, tax filing season for individuals ends 31 October. And e-filing still works. And there are a couple of hoops you have to jump through, unfortunately, because we might as well talk about this right now. But E-filing relies on your browser. You can use the app, which is a different thing. And for most people, the app, if you download the app on iOS or Android... It's an easy, easy way to file your return. If you're an IOP5 earner and um, you really haven't done much, you just need to file your return, get your refund if if there is one, or pay in whatever needs to be paid, use the app on iOS or Android. It's simple, it's slick, it works really well, and their help services in terms of if you've got your login and that are pretty good. You just follow the prompts on screen, it's excellent. If you use a browser, you'll find that the latest browsers from um Firefox from, from, um, Google, the, and also from Microsoft, as well as the, the Apple ones, the Safari browser, do not like Flash. It's always going to ask you to install Flash. And when it does that and your form loads, you can then do all the filing that you need to do. But if the Flash does not load, or if it asks you to install the Flash, understand that that's unfortunately a requirement of the platform. You have to install Adobe Flash do so install it use it there's nothing wrong with that i know a lot of people get very concerned when your browser asks you to install certain programs most browsers have it built in but it's still you still need to go through that process so click on install and then will pop up a thing may you use flash and say yes and then go back in and you'll find that e-filing then works i know a couple of people have phoned me and and, and complained that E-filing is not working, and this is the problem with e-filing going forward. Flash as a system, even Adobe, the people who created Flash, have abandoned it. They're not fixing it. There they, they are limited security patches coming, and in many ways, the whole platform will be end of life, or it's already end of life, but it will be out of the bounds of any browser By the end of 2019, and that's where this whole rumor came about that e-finding is going to collapse and crash and burn and not work, uh, in next year, 2019. Well, the good news is SARS are well aware of that. There's a whole lot of nonsense going around, a whole lot of talk about the one billion rand to fix their platforms. (laughs) Their IT specialists certainly did no favors by not knowing a thing about anything, which is rather disturbing considering that SARS is the lifeblood of our government one way or the other. But that being said, from what I've understood, what I've seen, interestingly I was part and parcel of setting up the e-filing system at SARS. The e-filing system will be updated to HTML5, which is the next standard that all browsers use in 2019. So the 2019 e-filing system will work. There are other issues at SARS. But don't panic. Uh, you're going to unfortunately have to pay your taxes, and you will be able to do it online and efficiently as you are doing it now. So on that note, we're going to have a quick break for our sponsors, and I'll be back with some more tech news straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Oh, Welcome back. And We've discussed tax. Everyone now understands 31st of October. You've got to file your returns. You can use e-filing on your web browser, any web browser. Just be a little bit aware that there's this flash thing that's going to pop up and asks you to install or to enable or to make it work. Do so. Do your things and keep it really clean, simple, and get it all done. The app on your mobile phone is actually simpler, easier, and probably the preferred way to do it going forward. And, um, that's the way to go. Now, as I said, this has been a really crazy week. I spent two days at Singularity U South Africa Summit, which was at the Kailami Exhibition Center, which is at the racetrack. Amazing, amazing venue. Incredible effort put in by the, the organizers of, of Singularity U. It was done with Standard mm-hmm. Bank. And it was just unbelievable to see the, there were about 2,000 people there. All listening to a ton of speakers, some really amazing, some perhaps not so much. But I've got tons of interviews. I interviewed people. One of the interviews is going to be today with HP and some amazing stuff they're doing with 3D printing, how much that's going to affect things. But I met the rocket man, the guy who flew up in the air using a rocket, the human, I don't know, spaceman. Really interesting stuff. And all about innovation and moving ahead and using technology in a way that really, really benefits Um, South Africa and Africa in general, and certainly move society forward. A lot of talk about innovation and how innovation changes everything. And there's just no question. The one sort of overriding element that came out of the entire conference is that everybody has to realize that the day of really measured, structured, and linear growth in everything – is way beyond. The whole way that younger people and people in general need to operate is in a very non-linear fashion. They need to be creative. The tools that make this possible are available. That is the other massive thing. There are so many inexpensive, low barrier to entry tools that can create platforms, systems, apps, ways of doing things that are completely off the scale. Things that you use on your mobile phone, things that you use on your computers at home, systems and platforms that solve problems. I mean, obviously, the flagship platform that transformed transport, Uber, is one of them. But there are so many ways, so many different things coming from the technological space that are going to change absolutely everything that we do. The whole rise of smart cities, connected cities the information that's being generated out of that. One of the, the biggest uh, conversation points was hacking the human body, how technology is allowing us to understand so much about what we do, how we do it, why the body does what it does, how we work, and the cyborg of the future where your brain is connected directly to the computer, to the Internet, is, is here. It's not even science fiction. They're busy doing it right now albeit with uh, rats and mice and, and, and bunnies, but the fact is we are t- not really far away from the fact when you might not even need an interface. Your brain will be the interface. You'll wirelessly connect to the to the internet. Sounds like science fiction. Sounds like craziness. But truth be told, these were the topics that were discussed and there were people actually showing techniques and platforms and methodologies and ways of working that were unbelievably fascinating. They back in 2019, so if you've even got the vaguest interest in this it's well worth a visit it's two days extremely well spent and um, you can just go to their website the singularity u south africa summit it's a huge website but just search just do a google search for singularity u south africa and you'll find them straight away it's it's just refreshing to sit and listen to people who are out there thinking about things that Really, or maybe a couple of years from fruition, but certainly shaping the way that the conversation around technology is going. And truth be told, there's just no question, no doubt that technology is no longer a standalone thing. Technology is society. Society is technology. Systems, platforms, countries Everything runs through connectivity and technology and all of that's happening. Now, moving on to the other conference that's happening today, right now, and that's the My Broadband Conference. Now, this is a techie conference. It's definitely aimed at the more you know, the deep tech savvy people, and there's lots of discussion around mobility and the future of mobility and cloud and all these platforms. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, you can go to mybroadband.co.za, go to their website, and they're live streaming the whole conference. I'm going to go there this afternoon and see what I can see and pick up and learn. But with the little bit that I was able to stream this morning uh, was really interesting. Speakers from... Liquid Telecoms, from Telcom, from Vodacom. You can hear all about 5G, what they're actually planning, what's coming down the road from that point of view. So it's well worth, well, well, well worth the listen to to that. So mybroadband.co.za, stream it, and uh, listen to all the latest info and technology news that's coming In the telecommunications space, it's really very interesting. One of the other interesting news stories that crossed my desk, and if you're not Netflixing, you've pretty much lost. Everybody I know at some level is Netflixing. I mean, you can do it on your TV at home, which is obviously great if you've got a decent broadband connection. But you can Netflix, watch Netflix on your mobile phone. You can watch it on a tablet. You can watch it on a PC. There's pretty much (laughs) every single possibility. And their growth, they released their subscriber numbers Um, This week And they have grown enormously By an enormous amount I think 6.9 million people um, Subscribed in the last quarter And they don't break it down to where and everywhere But their shares soared and they expect to sign up 9.4 million new subscribers this next quarter, far above the average of 7.18 million, which they forecast with the various people forecast. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. They're now available across the world. They're spending $7 billion U.S. dollars through the first nine months of 2018. So they probably land up spending closer to 20 billion, uh, $10, 10 billion U.S. dollars, which is more than the whole of Hollywood has spent in a number of years so they have without question become the big daddy in tv pro- in 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 video entertainment i won't call it tv because it's not tv but video entertainment and they're even looking to purchase production facilities in albuquerque new mexico and many other places in hollywood and so the blinds between the film studios and people like netflix have completely blurred but netflix is just A modern technology success story Their content is is enticing They're available everywhere It's easy to use The pricing is extremely moderate Somewhere from 120 to 160 Rand a month For all this content And it's available on demand I mean that's not the whole story You need decent internet to watch it But the fact is Internet is now given for a lot of people and you may as well use it for entertainment. Why not? So Netflix growing like mad and obviously everyone's looking to see how they can compete with us. Now we're going to break for the, uh, for a quick commercial break now. And then we're coming back with a really interesting conversation I had with HP around what they're doing in devices, how things are going in that space because globally the PC game has picked up. We certainly turned the corner. We're definitely sending more PCs, different form factors, but we're sending more PCs. And then we look a little forward into uh, 3D printing, which is not even future technology. They're now printing metal parts and all sorts of really fascinating insights in how manufacturing and, in fact, everything to do with parts and processes is changing using 3D printing. And we'll be back with that straight after this. Hi' FM on with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, welcome to Tech Talk Cafe. And with me, at Kailami of all the places, I've got David Rozio, who is the... Managing Director for HP in Africa. Perfect. And Scott Schiller, who's even got a bigger job than that. I lead market development for our
1: new 3D printing business.
0: Just the coolest globally. business globally, I've got to admit. <laughs> and we're going to be talking a little bit about what's happening in the sort of devices space, which HP have sort of created a whole new division for. Well, not that they weren't in the beginning, but things have changed. And then we're definitely going to be talking about where 3D printing is going and how much it's going to change everything going forward. So tell us a little bit about HP, David. Tell us where you guys are right now and what are you doing in terms of the products? Everyone knows about sure. printers and computers and, and stuff.
2: Let, let me just re-explain a little bit about the recent history of HP and uh, the reinvention journey that we are in, actually. So we split the company three years ago uh, between a company called Unit Packard Enterprise and the other one called HP Inc., uh, which we represent today. Uh, by doing the speed of this company, actually, we refocus our business uh, into our core business in terms of PC and print that you know and that we are talking about. Um, for the last three years, actually, we get back to the number one market share worldwide in terms of selling PCs. We're number one by far as well on the print side. Uh, we had a strong focus on uh, designing new products, f- new form factors, bringing products that can bring more emotions to our customers. Uh, we definitely had a strong, I would say, focus on R&D for our core business. But by preserving our core business, we wanted to grow as well and bring the company to another segment of uh, growth, uh, of the trend of what's happening on the market. And we created actually two things. One which was a focus on the printing side to go after the managed print services. Uh, we bought two years ago the Samsung printing business that we integrated into the company and we went after this copier market. But uh, we are not. In. I didn't know that. So you actually. Honey, so
0: I missed that. So you because Samsung got out of printing, and HP decided, okay, we'll we'll have some
2: of that. Exactly. So we we bought back actually the Samsung printing business. Uh, we bought actually many of the intellectual property of the Samsung printing business to actually help us to go after this copier market, which was kind of doubling the addressable market that we are in. So the printing business that we are knowing, uh, the size of an A4 type of. Uh, the paper size, I would say, type of printers, uh, more desk type, uh, was like probably $40, $45 billion dollar addressable market worldwide. And now we're entering a new market, which is more than $50 billion. Dollar. So uh, it's a so significant... Significant market yeah. that should help us to grow further. And actually, we're starting from a uh, market share we are extremely low. We are probably below 3% market share overall worldwide on this market with a portfolio which was not big enough. And by doing this, actually, we, we gain share and we, we gain a lot of business that helped us to grow, I would say, in the last year. Just to give you perspective in, in South Africa, in, in, actually in Africa, I can give it to you, we should end up at 15% market share on AFRI, on this copier business, uh, by the end of this uh, calendar. It's a big actually, jump to, to, to over uh, a short period. I it's a big jump uh, and it's a big focus for us and this has been a a tremendous I would say So expect to see HP product in
0: in more places than ever before Uh, Exactly (laughs) And the (laughs) traditional computer market has undergone some pretty significant changes over the last few years
2: Yes So part of the core business as I was saying initially this PC business was very um, kind of do me gloomy when we start to split the company everybody was thinking that it was not probably where the, the trend will be or where the future will be but actually the market rebounded I mean there was a lot of uh, changes that happened in the market and we took share uh, into this market on top of it so we grew the business just to give you perspective on numbers on the last quarter uh, HP grew 13% uh, year over year on the overall business of HP and onto the PC market uh, we grew as well in the same range like of 40 percent But just to give perspective, in Africa, uh, uh, in Africa, actually, into even this segment, we grew actually 24%. So there is still
0: a big demand for traditional PC-type products. I mean, the, the, the talk was that Africa certainly was going mobile first and mobile only but there's still significant demand and growth in the traditional PCs, both the big desktops and the, the if, if tablet. and to the growth factor. of
2: the mobile versus the yeah. uh, growth of, the, of uh, I would say, notebook, yes, definitely mobile is still growing even faster, uh, but there is still a big growth coming into uh, the device as a texture. What was funny enough, uh, that what we heard this morning during the session of uh, who was uh, presenting, the, the guy was talking about, I have a mobile phone and I have a, a notebook, but I'm making more phone, or office phone from my Dex notebook I would say compared to my mobile phone which I'm using more for like a computer so, actually it's, <laughs> so the roles have changed it's, all of this is kind of blurring uh, into, this, into this and I think you need a notebook to create you need a mobile to consult uh, and it's still something which is happening now and that we see and so you need form factors you need design you need things that can create emotion with customer, and this is what we've been doing so
0: mobiles case. actually changed the way that Modern PCs are
2: being made, built, and created. I think it's on both sides I think, as I said, from mm. it's blurred. Uh, I don't think it's a mobile lead or a notebook lead. I think it's a, it's the user lead. I would say it's how users are using device um, and how. Uh, things are collaborating together and this collaborative aspect. and do you expect that to continue going forward we expect that to continue moving forward big time i think uh, there's still a need of form factor and different changes we just announced recently one of the new uh, hp Spector folio uh, which is to integrate for the first time ever lever directly integrated into the the device uh, things which correspond to design as well or touch feelings of the products so you can see that people want to have as well a product which correspond to their lifestyle or correspond to the things that they are living with it every day, like your phone that you have in your hands. So obviously this is something that uh, it's more and more important. It on also the seems to be
0: a strong move towards the premium side because people are now spending $1,000 on a phone <laughs> and then some. <laughs> so that used to be where PCs or
2: laptops or tablets so, sat. So yes, there is a, a move to premium uh, but you see all the... Uh, vendors and we are the first one as well of moving to this premium space and we have a nice share as as well into this premium space but there is still a need of first-time buyer and especially in africa Uh, and again uh, hp has a big share as well in this first-time buyer Um, and what we try to do is as well to give technology that can be accessible for everyone Uh, and that's where the fight is happening i would say between mobile and notebook because uh, you can find smartphone probably at 30 dollars or 40 dollar where you're not going to find a notebook at this price uh, but obviously the, what you're going to do and being able to do will be completely different between creation totally and Totally different experience. But we try to be in this segment mm. as well and we try to defend from the spectrum of being on the first-time buyer, somebody who wants to have access to technology towards the people who has already a notebook and wants to evolve and come back to a more mid-range type or m- more premium. And we try to serve all these customers with the portfolio we have.
0: And are you finding that businesses are still heavily reliant on the PC
2: form factor across Africa and the rest of the world as well? Yeah, I mean, form factor is uh, important. It has evolved. what is very working nicely today is uh, what we call the X360 type uh, in terms of device, so type of uh, format. I'm sorry, I cannot no, no, show it to, it to your No, no, we can't see I'm, this, I can, but I can show we'll to try you, to like, show uh, people. Uh, like a commercial product, which is the uh, HP EliteBook. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the, it's so, a type
0: of notebook that you can swing around and make a tablet, should you wish.
2: Exactly. And so you have your pen as well with it. If you want to take note during meetings, you can uh, really it, stuff. draw stuff, if you are a creator. Uh, but it's this looking for my face, and it's not finding it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna find mine. <laughs> so, but it's just to say, this type of design and form factors uh, is quite demanded right now on the market. There is the two-in-one as well, detachable type. Um, this one is a bit uh, so-so, I would say, in terms of demand. But uh, you can see still some uh, requests for. People and this who is a premium product. This one is a premium type on the commercial front, uh, but this uh, this. Uh, topics of X360 model you will find it as well on an entry level type of product
0: so across your entire portfolio yes. product, at all yeah. price points exactly. you've got similar types of form yes. factors yes. which is really really cool now moving on to something that I, I'm fascinated with sorry carry on yeah. last no, w- few words I want you just yeah. to,
2: to translate probably to the next uh, topic that yes. you would be very interested on is to say that When we did this core business that we developed, we grew into the growth elements. There is another aspect of the growth aspect related to PC, which is in demand, which is what we call device as a service. So everybody wants to consume Uh, consume everything as a service. (laughs) uh, The Uber of uh, of printing. I will call it the Netflix of the PC, Ah, (laughs) which is how you want to consume, I would say, your device, or you want to have something that corresponds to your need. Uh, so device as a service is something that we launch as well as HP, so where we integrate obviously the device, the, the financing, the services and the maintenance to uh, to the product, but we do in, integrate into that as well uh, software and capabilities that you can predict Will your hardware will fail, so we can uh, do a maintenance, prevent, uh, we can be predictive I would say and do the maintenance of your hardware before it fails. Where is this aimed at
0: right now? Is it aimed at the smaller business, the medium business, or the big business? Who would benefit for this type of product?
2: It aims at all commercial type of products. Whether you've
0: got 10 PCs or 1,000, it makes sense. Exactly.
2: So for me, it's more about, again, what the user wants in terms of usage and how he wants to consume. And we see that there's more and more demand coming even from the SMB world. Uh, Transforming a corporate, uh, I would say, customer could make sense as well for moving from CapEx to OPEX, but they are doing it already. Uh, And then you can bridge uh, with a lower service level, uh, sorry, reducing of the service cost uh, to increase your service level uh, for the corporate space. And for SMB, it's quite interesting because it's very flexible.
0: And and just to put that in context, how that works is you, you don't actually buy your PC. You buy the complete service package which includes service, repair, maintenance, everything. Yes. And you own it for a period that you need it and then you give it back?
2: Yes. So it depends then after the model you can imagine um, having a monthly rental I would say aspect or monthly cost that you could pay for the full package. You can have a yearly cost or you can have a three years if you depend if you choose it on three years then the model can be flexible depending on what we do with the with the partner that we work with to implement such solution, and, and that partners. is available
0: in South Africa right yes, now. It is. Yes, it is. So where do people find out about that? I mean, we have commercial
2: partners that can. Uh, so that the can distributors, that. people who sell so your products. Uh, I would call it my our uh, partner first resellers. So okay. our dedicated partners. We have platinum and gold partners. So if you go on the website of HP, you will find all the list of partners. Which okay, are so that's the, r- the first place to go uh, to. Yes, your, exactly.
0: your your and that's easy. That's hp.com, exactly. and automatically it takes you exactly. to South Africa, and then
2: you can select. <laughs> It can automatically bring you to South Africa or you can select your country if you are not in South Africa specifically. That's
0: brilliant. So So, sorry to have cut you short on that, but that's that's a big deal.
2: Exactly, that's a big deal, and that's part of the growth aspect. As we said, management services on on one side, devices as a service on PC side, so that's the service world that we see on a growth element of HP. And then the third part is how do we plan for the future, I would say the next five to ten years time frame, and is what we we call about HP blended reality, where we created actually... uh, the mix between the physical and the digital world. So bringing from immersive technology that can bring the physical to the digital world and bring it back through the 3D printing aspect. And then we launched our technology of 3D printing three years ago. And that's why we're with us ah, as well, Scott. Uh, perfect, talk smooth segue into better. that. <laughs> so, Scott, you're in
0: charge of the, the whole market of the 3D printing, the marketing or the or 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 making it available to the market?
1: Yeah, we we use the term market development, but the easy way to think about it is actually uh, a lot of what my function focuses on is driving this into being a viable replacement technology uh, for traditional manufacturing methods. And that might mean injection molding, um, milling, uh, but making it truly viable for manufacturing. Why that's interesting is that 3D printing technology has been around almost as long as the PC, as long as uh, printers. Um, but historically, it has not really generated something that was viable as a, a final product. It was like something. But then, sorry, that wasn't I just quite want to same.
0: contextualize this a little. 3D printing for most people, they imagine this tiny little printer making these funny little plastic things, and and the science fiction of of generating <laughs> parts and pieces. But it's moved way beyond that now. We're now correct. talking about most of the modeling and creation and prototyping industry are using some form of 3D printing in order to do this. But what you're talking about is moving it into mainstream manufacturing.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Very well said. Uh, it has been in the prototyping space. because, And the way we like to describe it is it was able to make something that was like something now it's able to make something that is something. That's, very, so the that's is, very clever. The idea is that now you have something that you can prototype. As soon as you can prototype it, you can think about being able to produce it and be able to sell it.
0: So there's no real difference between a prototype. If it works, make them.
1: Yes, and what's powerful about that is think about the process of innovation, how fast the pace of innovation is happening these days. Companies want to test and evaluate things, but historically that has been a prohibitively expensive process. Now smaller companies uh, are able to test and and validate things, get feedback faster, Um, very much as as the software world works now where they're constantly testing new ideas um, because it's very flexible. Now you can start doing that with tangible goods as well. There's a lot of uh, very powerful possibilities there.
0: That's an incredible shift because theoretically a small company, I mean these, these machines currently are fairly expensive. I mean it's still not yet sort of backroom type. Uh, operations, but even so, they can produce even metal products, and products that were never ever before possible in the speed and at the cost that you can currently do these type of things.
1: Correct, and and we'll have um, you know products we've announced. So last year we just announced one product. It was the forty two hundred, and it was. Uh, In the hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, one of these machines. Now we've announced a new product that will be color capable that will be in the tens of thousands to maybe low hundred thousand. Talk about innovation. Just dropped a couple of noughts off that. And then at the same time, uh, we've also recently announced metal jet uh, technology. So we'll have color capability, um, production capability uh, with plastics as well as metal.
0: And do you see that completely changing the way that manufacturers create and get product to
1: market absolutely absolutely and the reason i say that with conviction is we're doing it ourselves internally inside of hp okay so this is not just for sale this is for your own use and i'm going to give you one example because it's it's captivating at least it is for me it's a mundane part but it's something that uh it really shows the potential so we had one part that we use on one of our large format printers to make uh, large format uh prints and uh The way that printer works is it moves a printhead on a carriage back and forth over the the print area. As it does that, there's a part that holds a sensor, uh, and that one part was something that historically um, we would have to use machined aluminum. And the reason was because we do thousands of these machines per year, not huge numbers, not millions, uh, so you would use machined aluminum. Now with additive manufacturing or 3D printing, you can say, well, we can do short runs of plastics because we're not doing injection molding, we're using plastics in very short runs economically so simply by moving from um from uh the machined aluminum to plastic you dramatically reduce the weight when you're lightweighting something uh, that it's has foster. a huge impact so think about aerospace think about automotive any sort of transport logistics uh, lightweighting is very powerful with this one part what we were able to demonstrate is we were able to take the cost in half we were able to uh, reduce the weight uh, by an order of magnitude, and we were able to reduce the carbon footprint of that part by two orders of magnitude. Wow. Just one part, one thing. So, as the leadership of the company started to see these use case by use case of these examples, it's so powerful uh, that we've really created a bit of a top-down mandate that we will drive the adoption. So of you'll become energy. your own biggest customer in a way. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And and do you see the 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 technology itself getting even less expensive, and even smarter in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, one of the things that we thought very deliberately about is if this is going to be a technology that's going to scale, um, one of the things that we have to do is step back and look at what are ways that that really help that happen. And we made a decision that the materials that are going to be used on our platform for plastics was going to be an open platform meaning that the largest materials providers in the world, like BASF or local providers here, would have the opportunity to have materials development for this platform and be able to have it certified to run on our system. What that opens up is we get to leverage the world, you know, we use the word leverage the world, um, but leverage the innovative potential of all of those companies. And over time, market forces will kick in, and it will drive these technologies into ever-better cost structures.
0: So... Just to to really put it in perspective, for example, you've got a, a washing machine, a tumble dryer or something, and currently the guys come, they inspect it, oh, we need this, we need that. They go away, they come back. How soon will the day come that they arrive with their little van, have a look what they need, go outside for a quick cup of coffee, come back in after the part's made and install it and walk away all in one go?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I can't give you a precise date for that one. But You're not talking science fiction here. Absolutely not talking science fiction. It's a matter of... The the, the technologies exist. You scan uh, or look up the part that's needed uh, and have it produced. Um, Then it can be produced in a relatively short period of time. Absolutely viable as a replacement uh, technology um, so that it can be just as good as the original part. And eventually, it will be the same as the original part. And
0: that has tremendous impact on the entire ecosystem of parts, delivery, shipping. I mean, it it literally changes
1: the way that we deal with everything. So, a couple of examples I'll give you. Uh, One is that we're not allowed to talk publicly about the name of the company, but uh, some pretty prominent brands um, have already moved to virtual inventory for service parts. So, imagine the idea that they don't have to keep spare parts in warehouses. They now move to a world where once somebody's identified a need, they produce it on demand and fulfill it. And they can do that in about the same amount of time as it took to pull it out of a warehouse ship, uh, it, across uh, ship it across the country. Um, but do so locally, uh, and then you get rid of a lot of the logistics and, and sort of... Customs uh, and you name it. Customs, yeah. duties class, whatever. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And how complex... What I'm trying to ask is, is the complexity of the parts that you can produce... Growing exponentially as well, so it used to be fairly simple things. Now we're making incredibly complex units of, of 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 devices and things like that.
1: Yeah, what you can think of is in a traditional manufacturing process, you're molding, molding or milling down uh, from some you know block. greater block of something. But now what you're actually doing is you're building up layer by layer, and by virtue of that, you can make it as complex as you want, and the production process is indifferent. It's building up layer by layer. That, then, opens up a world of possibilities in terms of design structures that are, are probably one of our biggest challenges now, is to say to the world of design, you now are completely Think different. Free. Think completely different. Uh, and I think as we look at the generation of kids coming up through Minecraft and games where they've been thinking and designing in three dimensions, as they come into the fore um, as engineers So once future, again,
0: all the listeners out there, gaming is very useful. It's not
2: entirely a waste of time.
1: Absolutely not. It's a critical enabler. Uh, so I think that that's one that uh, we're going to look at back in history and say that that was really what helped spawn a completely new generation of breakthrough thinkers.
0: So we're going to see products and services and design things happening over the next couple of years. We're not talking, again, long-term. That will completely change the way that we interact with all sorts of products and services because of this new technology.
1: But even say, go so far as to say it's happening now. <laughs> so there's a, there's a phrase I like that says the future's already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. So there's okay. spots of it everywhere. Exactly. Well, thank
0: you so much. That was absolutely fascinating. I look forward to hearing you a little later because we're actually at the Singularity U South Africa Summit in Johannesburg. And uh, we're trying to future-proof things, not only Africa, but lots of things. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And truly, you could probably hear how much I enjoyed that conversation because the whole concept of 3D printing, the whole concept of printing whatever you need on demand, creating things that never existed before, is just absolutely mind-bogglingly fantastic. I mean, we certainly do live in a, a crazy, insane world, but this type of technology honestly has the ability to completely change Everything. 3D printing in medical. I mean, they're printing heart valves. They're printing skin. They're printing the most remarkable things. I mean, the whole, if anyone's into science fiction, I mean, they read about these interstellar transporters that have got units that make whatever you want on demand when you want it i mean soon they'll be printing people so hopefully not in <laughs> any time soon but yes it's just the most remarkable thing and it it sort of makes absolutely Logical sense. HP have been at the forefront of printing for so many years that it's just in their DNA to create these type of remarkable products. So a metal jet printer and uh, any other 3D printer that they create, is just a logical extension of an inkjet that prints out pages in your home. So watch the space. I think we're going to see more and more. More and more products from companies like HP. But HP remain one of the major driving innovative forces in technology globally. Things might have changed, but nothing changes. So here we go. Really, really remarkable stuff. Now, my gadget of the week this week is is a really wonderful little device that I managed to get my hands on only last week. But we spoke to Fitbit when they were at uh, IFA to get a sense of where they're going and what's happening. And there's just no question that the health and wellness market is exploding globally and riding that wave obviously are the sensors and the the devices that help us track What we do, because if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. If you can't know what's going on, it's hard to understand what you need to do next. And for a long time, Fitbit have been one of the major forces in wearables that track your your running, track your activities, track your heartbeat. And they're getting better and better and better. The last unit that I tried was their smartwatch the Versa. Their first smartwatch, I think, was a little too angular, a little too masculine, a lot of people, and it was expensive. Their second one, the Versa, was, I think, a sweet spot. It's, it's really a smart device, notifications, colorful screen, looks a little bit pebbly like uh, all the other watches on the market, and just a great... Great device for health tracking. But their core device has always been the charge range. From the first plastic chargers all the way up to the charge 2, they were simple, they were black, they were little hand or purple, they were a couple of colors. There were simple bands that you wore on your non-dominant wrist, or as your main wrist. I mean, it depends on your needs. And it just did everything you needed. Well, the new Charge 3 is out. It's available in South Africa right now. The pricing, unfortunately, has been affected by our dear government's ad valorem luxury tax, because a health tracker is an absolute luxury item, and the dear Rand. So the price has hopped up a little, but it's still pretty good. It sells for 150 US dollars in the States, and it's selling for between... Two eight and two nine in South Africa for the non NFC uh, sort of Fitbit Pay version, which is probably the one that most people will use. I've used Fitbit Pay on on my uh, Versa watch. It's cool. You can use it wherever there's a tap to pay device, and it's it's just brilliant. You never take your wallet out. You just tap your watch, and off you go. But anyway, there are two versions. of so the Fitbit Versa comes in the non. Uh, pay version and the pay version for 500 rand more. You decide if you want it. But the Charge 3 has really taken the charge line significantly forward. It's made out of aluminium, it's smaller, it's lighter than the previous device, and it has a much higher resolution and, they say, 40% bigger OLED screen. It's still black and white, but it is much more than that. It's got shades of grey, so it looks a lot better. And they've done a lot to call it more of a smart tracker, It's not a smartwatch, but it's not simply a tracking device. It is really a smart tracker. The screen is easy to use. It's full touch. You don't tap it anymore to get information. You can slide up and down. The button on the left, which used to be physical, and I actually did have trouble with one of mine over the years, is now an inductive button. So there's no physical uh, button to push it. just buzzes when you push it. It gives you like a little bit of feedback, and it works exactly like a button. So that's smart and brilliant. And it has another benefit this particular device is, is waterproof down to 50 meters, so you can go swimming, you can pretty much do a little bit of light diving, you can take it to the beach, and they've added another massive improvement, which makes it even more useful and versatile. It has seven-day battery life. So you recharge it, you can forget about it for a whole week, um, which for me is a huge bonus. No more looking into your wrist and finding you're not tracking your steps, and then you're in serious trouble. So... <laughs> A huge improvement on the Charge 2 in that regard, and in conjunction with the app, in conjunction with, um, you know, the, the, the easy-to-use app, which they adding more and more functionality. The overall look and feel of the Fitbit app hasn't changed much, but their sleep functionality has improved dramatically. Um, their suggestions on all that sort of activity stuff has improved. They do actually also have one of the best uh, food databases if you want to track what you eat on the app. It's one of my favorites of the app and I use it extensively. And uh, overall works perfectly with iOS and with Android. So it's just a very simple, easy to use, nice to wear. I found it much more comfortable than the previous versions. And there's a whole range of really interesting straps uh, there's cloth straps, there's a sports strap, which is uh, silicon, much more pleasant than the one that comes in the box. So overall, I would say it's excellent value for money. And if you don't want to wear a smart watch or you want to wear a fancy watch or whatever it is, or you just feel that a, a, a watch is not something that you want to get into in, as far as smart goes, this is probably the most effective. Oh, and fit, but still Totally integrates with Discovery, so you can get your smoothies and your steps and everything that you want to be to do. So, if you're looking for a new fitbit, a new fitness tracker, nearly got myself muddled there. The new Fitbit Charge Three is definitely worth a, a look. The pricing is good; it's really in the sweet spot between smartwatches and really simple, basic trackers. But this one is an excellent, high-quality, well-supported beautifully connected and nicely finished device so have a little look at the new charge three I think it could be the thing to get you off the couch and running around it does so much more than that anyway we have to quickly break for um, for uh, our sponsors and we'll be back straight off this with an app that I recommend everybody should use and that will be that for Tech talk today Tech talk with Stephen Ambrose
1: Stephen-
0: Well, welcome back, and as you can hear, I'm pretty uh, impressed with the new Fitbit Charge 3. It really is uh, quite a step up from the Charge 2 and definitely one of the slickest, easiest-to-use fitness trackers on the market. So check it out if you're thinking about it. There are ones with more colorful screens. There are others with uh, perhaps greater functionality. But I think Fitbit have done a great job of selecting just what you need to track what you need. It has automatic, I didn't mention this, automatic activity. So if you go for a walk, it'll automatically detect you when for a walk. It'll track it and report on it without you touching it. Does that for about six or seven different activities. Not gym as yet. I spoke to them about it. They say they'll talk. But anyway, moving on from that, the one thing that I really have to recommend to pretty much anyone, if you are doing any form of banking in South Africa, um, and I'm a FNB and b client, so I use their app extensively, um, you should be doing online banking on your mobile devices. And whether it's the F&B app, whether it's the APSA app, whether it's the Standard Bank app, I can tell you now that the first and most important thing is security. That is totally and utterly covered. If anything, using... An app on a smartphone connected to a mobile network is far more secure than using a browser on a desktop, any desktop anywhere in the country, whether it's your laptop, whether it's your desktop. Not that security is poor, but the chances of breaches on a on, on a desktop are far higher than on a mobile phone, no matter what anyone says. So if you're doing any form of banking, I really, really recommend that you use the F&B app, the Standard Bank app, the ABSA app, whatever app from Nedbank, doesn't matter. Use their apps to do everything. And F&B's app late has, why I mentioned this is that F&B have just updated their app once again, which allows you to do pretty much every single thing that you could possibly want to do on your website. You can do on the app. The layout's cleaner, simpler, a lot less confusing, much easier to use. And you can now customize the app, uh, from the front page, to give you exactly the functionality that you want. They've added tons of functionality, from getting your new traffic license to paying fines for speeding, you name it, buying a house, buying a car, it's all available through the app. And a lot of the banks have done very similar stuff. And what F&B have found, and this is actually very interesting indeed, that despite the fact that all the data across all the networks using their app is zero rated. So that's the other thing. You do not pay for any data. You can have zero data. As long as your phone is connected to the network, you can do your banking, which is a major bonus. They've also added free Wi-Fi coverage to 603 branches across their network across the country, which is A little bit crazy. I mean, why would you have free access on your mobile phone yet offer free Wi-Fi coverage, mostly with your mobile phone? And what they found is that people still like to come to the branch for whatever reason, but they're still trying to get people to use their app with free Wi-Fi and whatever else they need to do. Do a bit of downloading, do all sorts of interesting stuff at an FNB branch. You don't even have to go in. You can just stand outside. But you do need the app for that. So I would highly recommend you download the app, and use it as much as possible. Setup is easy, and it's well worth the bother. And on that note, I'm being chased out of the studio. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk on HiFM. Tune in next week for some more interesting news and technology information.